Hello and welcome to the Prospect Sermons podcast, the preaching ministry of Prospect Baptist Church. This podcast is dedicated to the faithful exposition of the scripture and the edification of the local church. This is Parker Smith, Senior Pastor of Prospect Baptist, located in Fayetteville, Tennessee. Our prayer is that the sermon you are about to hear will help you grow in your understanding of God's Word, point you toward the person of Jesus Christ, and encourage you to live for the glory of God. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Prospect Sermons podcast. and Kim and the choir for leading us in worship this morning. Uh, Beautiful, beautiful new hymn. I really love that. This morning we will be um, in the book of Colossians chapter 1. So if you will turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 1. It seems like that we were a little bit down this morning in Sunday school, but I do see quite a few new faces this morning. So if you will... We've got some little cards uh, right in front of you, the little blue cards, and we'd love to have uh, just just to get to know you a little bit better. And so if you would, fill those out, and you just leave them on the pew in front of you, and we'll grab those after the service is over. And so we do want to uh, pray for our pastor this morning. Did hear that he was under the weather, and it seems like there's others uh, that way as well. So just... Continue to remember Brother Parker and Miss Ashley as as they're getting over this. So we'll be in Colossians chapter 1 this morning. And if you will, I'd ask for you to stand for the reading of God's Word. We're going to start in verse 15 and we're going to read through verse 18. And I'll be reading out of the New King James Version this morning. But it says this. He is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Let us pray. Father God, we do love you. Father God, we are so thankful that you are the creator, that you are the sustainer, and that you give us life everlasting. Father God, thank you for our worship this morning that we've been able to present to you. We pray, God, that it was that it was a sweet, sweet, smelling aroma to you, Father, Lord. We thank you, Father, that we're able to open up your word and that we're able to to read your word and that we've been given the freedom to understand your word. And Lord God, that is my prayer this morning is that you will open our eyes and our ears and our minds. And Father, as the word is proclaimed, that you will speak to us, Father, and that you will give us understanding. We love you. We thank you most of all, for your son, Jesus Christ, and it's in his name that we do pray. Amen. You may be seated. We find ourselves living in what most experts call the information age, and technology and information is literally at our fingertips or only a click away. 
And we're blessed to live in such a time as this. But what if you were to check your phones this morning or cut the TV on and see these headlines? Man claims to hear from God and is given a special revelation with the assistance from a mystical and mythical angel the local man will begin writing a companion book to the Holy Scriptures. What if you were to hear that this morning or see that on your phone? What about this one? You can all breathe a sigh of relief. Local church now teaches that hell is not a literal place of fire and everlasting torment. What if you was to hear that, see that on your phone or see that on the TV? What if you heard this one? Prosperity gospel preacher asks for donations to buy $54 million jet for the Lord. Now those first two I kind of made up. However, those are legitimate as well. In 19, excuse me, 1820, in the 1820s, there was a man named Joseph Smith who started a movement which we call Mormonism. And by the 1830s, Joseph Smith had published a book called The Book of Mormons in which he claims to have received a revelation from an angel. And so in companion with the Holy Scriptures that we're using this morning, they use a book called The Book of Mormons. Today, the Mormons have close to 17 million followers. The second one that I talked about about there not being a literal hell and it being more of a fire, uh, not being a, a place of fire and everlasting torment, we would know these better as the Jehovah's Witness. And they were founded in the 1870s, and a group broke off from them in 1931 to form the Jehovah's Witness. And today, they have close to 9 million followers that believe in their false teachings Now, that third headline that I read was an actual headline that I pulled from the Internet. Jesse Duplantis, just three years ago, asked for $54 million to buy a new jet plane to travel all over the world for the Lord. And this prosperity gospel became popular during the healing revivals of the 1950s. And then in the 1980s, it spread because of the televangelist. And now it continues to grow today, promising what we would call the health, wealth, and and happiness movement. But Paul would give us a warning. Paul would give us a warning in Ephesians chapter 4. And this is what he would say. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. He would say that we would no longer, that we should no longer be children. He's he's urging us on that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. So this is nothing new. Paul has been telling us this from the beginning. And what we're going to see here this morning in the Colossian church is that there was heresy going on even then, 2,000 years ago, in the Colossian church. And that's what we're going to be digging into this morning. My challenge to all of us this morning 
is that we would not be carried away with every wind and doctrine, but as 1 Corinthians 16, 13 would urge us, that we would watch and that we would stand fast in the faith and to be brave and to be strong. And so with that this morning, we'll start with Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae. We see from these first two verses here that it is Paul, the apostle, who is writing this letter to the church at Colossae. Now let's continue on in verse 3. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints, because of the hope which is laid up for us, or laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it has also in all of the world, and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. And so what is happening here is that the gospel message has been proclaimed to this church in Colossae. And Paul is saying that this message did not return void. These folks heard the gospel message and there were salvation, right? God brought salvation to the church at Colossae. And he's saying that it is the gospel message that is the power unto salvation. That's what Paul is urging these folks to remember in their minds here, right? And so then we get to verse 7, and it says, As you also learned from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf, who also declared to, you, to us your love in the Spirit. And so this, these two verses here give us a little bit more background information about this church in Colossae. Paul was not the founder of the church at Colossae. It was actually a man named Epaphras. And we know and we believe that Epaphras, who lived in Colossae, made the journey to Ephesus to hear Paul preach. And it was during that gospel message, that gospel presentation that Paul was preaching, that Epaphras received the gospel and his life was changed, radically changed. And so Epaphras took this gospel message and he took it back to his home in Colossae. And he didn't just take it home and sit on it. Epaphras started a church. He started the church. And we believe that the church at Colossae was a healthy church for the first several years of its existence. But something happened at the church of Colossae. Heresy began to creep in to the church. Heresy began to creep in to the church. Just like it always does. This is not a new thing. Remember back to the garden. Remember back to the garden. There's Adam and Eve. And the first thing we see is we see Satan, the serpent. And what's the first thing that he asked Eve? Did God really say that once you eat this, you'll be... You know, I mean, so, so he's already planting a seed of deception, right? We see this from the beginning. This is nothing new. And so Epaphras was concerned by this heresy. 
And so who is the person that Epaphras goes to talk to? Well, he goes to talk to Paul, his mentor, right? The problem is, is that Paul at this time is 1,500 miles away in Rome in a Roman prison. And so this heresy is so important and it's such a concern to Epaphras that he makes the journey to Rome, 1,500 miles to tell Paul what is happening. Let's see here. We'll follow on into verse 9, and we'll get some more information here into what is going on with this heresy. Verse 9, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge. This is important. That you, Colossian church, may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increase in spiritual understanding. Paul is trying to get our attention here. And he's saying that we should walk worthy of the calling, walk worthy of the Lord, and increase in our knowledge in verse 10 there. But look what he says to him before he really gets into the meat here. Look what he says in verse 12. He says he's giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance. Qualified. When I, when I think of that word qualified, I don't know anything about racing, okay? I'm not a racing guy. <laughs> but when I think about racing, I know that one of the things you have to do is qualify for the race, right? And so my brother Scott has always loved racing. And so that's the only way I know a little bit about racing is, is him. His favorite race car driver was always Mark Martin. Remember? Is it still? I don't know if he even races. Mark Martin. And so it would be like this. Scott goes to Daytona to race. But he's got to qualify first, right, to get in. And Mark Martin comes up to Scott, and he says, Scott, I'll tell you what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to qualify on your behalf. You're getting into this race. You're getting in. And so Scott doesn't even have to qualify. He, he goes, and Mark Martin qualifies for him, right? In the same way, Paul is saying that it is the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance. It is God who has qualified us to be the partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. In verse 13, it says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness. He has delivered us. And the New King James Version says, he, and he, he has conveyed unto us the kingdom of the Son. That word conveyed means that it has been transferred to us, right? Look at what the Lord is doing here, folks. This is amazing. It says, in whom we have redemption, means we've been bought back, redeemed, through His blood. Through his blood, it cost him something. It cost him 
his blood, his own life. And for what reason? For the forgiveness of sins. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He has literally bought us back by his blood. So this was the heresy. This was the heresy, the Colossian heresy. Some folks call it Gnosticism. And what Gnosticism is, is it's a higher learning. These false teachers would come in and they would say that God is good. So let's, they're giving them, a, giving them some truth here, right? He would say God is good, but matter, and what is matter? It's everything, right? But matter is evil. God is good, but matter is evil. And why is that such a problem? It's a problem because Jesus came to this earth as a human, right? And so they would take that and they would say that you, that, that you will need some higher knowledge and some more education other than what the Scripture is telling us. You need higher knowledge. You need more enlightenment. And so they would say that Jesus wasn't really a man. Jesus was an emanation. He was, a, he was just a spirit. He wasn't really God. These were all the false teachings that they were giving to the Colossian church. And it was confusing the Colossian church. They would also embrace some other aspects of Jewish legalism. So not only were they telling them, giving them this bill of lies about who Jesus was, but they were saying, and also you need to be circumcised for salvation. You also need to uh, observe the festivals and the Sabbaths and the Old Testament dietary laws and the rituals. You need to have all these things as well. So see, they're just stacking on top, stacking on top of what it takes to be saved, right? It's not Christ and Him alone. It's Christ and, oh, by the way, it's a higher knowledge and it's Old Testament dietary laws, and it's circumcision. And then they even go on as far to say, and there needs to be this mystical experience where you worship angels. They'll talk about that. Paul actually talks about that later in chapter 2. Go home and read that today. But they're, they're just stacking on top of each other all these things that it takes to earn your salvation. And there's nothing new under the sun. We still see this today. We still see counterfeit gospels that are leading people down this path of destruction from, from cults such as Scientology and New Age, um, Satanism, Wiccan. We see that. To even the more well-known religions like I talked about earlier, Jehovah's Witness, Mormonism, Prosperity Gospel. A counterfeit gospel has always been one of Satan's greatest tools. He'll give you an ounce of truth and then he'll follow that up by a ton of lies. That's a false gospel. And this is serious in our day and Epaphras knew that it was serious in his day as well. And so he would make that 1,500 mile journey to Rome to tell the apostle Paul. And this is what Paul would write in the next three verses. Huge verses, guys. 
three verses that are mind-blowing. Listen to what he says here in verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. That word image there, which is used, it means an exact copy. That's what that word means in the Greek. It's an exact copy. And he's saying that he, Christ, is the image of the invisible God. Philippians 2.6 would say it like this, Who being in the form of God, Christ did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Right? John 9, 6, and 7 would say it like this. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him. And now listen, you know him and have seen him because they had seen Jesus, right? And we all know this verse. Verses, John 1, 1 and 2. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, right? But some will use this verse 15 here as a gotcha moment. They'll say, look at what it says, Jeff. He's the image of the invisible God. Oh, but what does it say next? He's the firstborn over all creation. We got you there, right? Jesus was born. He's the firstborn. So God must have created him, right? But Christ was not created. He'll say that in the the very next verse in verse 16. The firstborn in this case is is referring to a rank, or a position. And in both the Greek and the Jewish culture, the, uh, the oldest, the eldest son received the right of inheritance from the father. So this firstborn overall creation, that is a rank or position. And so in verse 16, he would carry on, he would continue on and say, For by him, Christ, all things were created that are in heaven, and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. Listen, all things were created through him and for him. So it is Christ who is creating, and it's because of Christ that all things are created, and all things are created for Christ, for their good, for his good, right? All things were created. And remember that false teacher's heresy about worshiping angels? Well, we get into that a little bit here. This visible and invisible. Paul is saying that it was Christ who created those angels. And not only those angels, but it was Christ who created the rulers and authorities as well. All credit goes to Christ for these creations. Why would we worship these, creation, these created things? Why would we worship angels when we could worship the one who created the angels, right? And then look at what verse 17 says. It says, and he is before all things. 
1 John 1, 1 says it like this, that, that which was from the beginning. I love this verse because it says this. Just listen to the way it says it. That which was from the beginning. He's talking about Christ, which we have heard. Those disciples heard Christ, which we have seen with our eyes. They saw him day after day after day which we have looked upon, and now look at this, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Can you remember back to when they were in the upper room in Doubting Thomas? He says, I don't, I don't know, y'all. I don't know. And Christ comes in with the scars, the holes, and he says, touch them. It's me. I'm a... <laughs> I am alive. I have arisen. John is saying that which was from the beginning, which we've seen and we've, we've looked upon and we've heard and we've touched, we've handled. Verse 17, and, and he is before all things. And then he goes on and it says, and in him all things consist. That, that word consist literally means to hold together. To hold together. Think about that. This earth revolving around the sun. Christ is not only created it, but he's holding it together. Aren't you happy about that this morning? <laughs> the season's changing. It's getting cooler outside. That's Christ. Your heart beating this morning. He's holding that together. He is who we look to. He is who we look for, for our salvation. It is Him and Him alone. So as we close this morning, there is heresy all over our world. It's not a new thing. There was heresy 2,000 years ago in the days of Paul when he was writing these letters. There was heresy in the garden when Satan was tempting Eve. And there will be heresy until the day Jesus comes back. And so it is for us believers to know what we believe and to stand on the truth. And in these three short verses, Paul would set the stage and he teaches a master class here for why the Colossae church should turn from false teaching that had infiltrated their church and returned to the pure gospel that had been preached to them when the church was founded. And that will be my plea for you as well. This world will do whatever it takes to grab your attention and to steal your affection. It will do that. It will do whatever it can to steal your affection and your attention. It will tell you to let your guard down. It will give you an ounce of truth and then follow it up with a ton of lies. That's what it, false teaching will do. It will tell you to compromise. It will tell you to fit in. That's what it will tell you to do. But this is how we know, this is how the Scripture speaks of who God is. Turn with me into Isaiah 55. This is where we'll close this morning. Isaiah 55. 
verses 8 through 11. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, and But water the earth and make it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. This is what the Lord says to his people. I shall accomplish what I please. So that's my encouragement to you this morning, is to place your hope in the one who has created all things, who has sustained all things this morning. He has brought us here this morning to hear his word. Believers, brothers, sisters in the faith, take comfort in that. Take comfort in knowing that it is God who has created all things It is God who sustains all things. It is God who who says that His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are much higher than our ways. It is God who says that His word will not return void. And so this morning you may be in, in the sound of my voice. And you may be sitting here this morning. And you may be a Christian. You may be a believer. Well, go forth and live it. Go forth and live it. But you may be here this morning, you may be an unbeliever. And Romans 3.23 would say it this way. It would say, For the wages, no, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That was all of us, right? For all have sinned. But you've heard the word of the Lord this morning. And so I would plead with you and I would beg you to not leave this morning without confessing your sin and turning and repenting from your evil ways. And place your trust in the one who has created. Place your trust in the one who is sustaining this morning. That's our only hope. That's our only hope. So I'm going to pray for us this morning. I ask Scott to come and lead us in a time of invitation. If you need to come this morning, feel free to do so. If you don't feel comfortable with that, that's okay too. We'll pray after service or you can grab one of us and we'll be be glad to pray with you. Well, as always, thank you for listening and we hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Prospect Sermons podcast. If you'd like more information about Prospect Baptist Church, you can visit our website at prospectbaptistchurch.org or you can find us on Facebook by searching Prospect Baptist Church, Fayetteville, Tennessee. If you live in the Fayetteville area, we would love for you to join us in worship on Sundays at 1030 a.m. If you're not comfortable doing that at this time, we understand, but please know we are live streaming our services on Facebook Live. We do hope to see you soon and look forward to you worshiping with us. Until next time on the Prospect Sermons Podcast.